Do y'all agree? Y'all feel that or sense that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's already different, even though it's just the eighth day, it's already different. And uh, I think it's going to be a, a, uh, an impacting year where we've observed and meditated and looked out there, but uh, that it'll impact us this year. And that's the reason I read that, is that we will have to stand up more and more for what we believe and say no. It's hard for Christians to say no, uh, but we will. I, this is what I believe. Now, this, this is just how I see it in the kingdom. We do what we do. We have what we have. And we dream what we dream based upon who we believe we are, who we believe we are. If you believe you're a victim, you're going to behave different than someone that's been through something just like you, but came back on the other side and said, bless God, I'm a winner. I, I, I whoop that and no telling what's coming and I'll whip that too in him. So we do what we do. We have what we have. We dream what we dream based upon who we believe we are. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. So that's my goal. That's my, that's my, my perspective about ministry. I believe that, that we don't have to talk about sin. You know, don't lie and don't steal and don't do bad things, which is the Old Testament approach. That's what you do to children in the Old Testament approach of the law was, you don't have any sense. You can't remember from today till tomorrow. So I'm going to just have to whoop your tail if you do that again and threaten you and carry on. But that's not who we are. We, we, we are inside. We are right. So if we know who we are on the inside, if we know who we've been made, then we turn from lying and stealing. We, we don't want to do that. It's not even a part of our MO. And uh, we, it's the New Testament. It's the new creation in Christ perspective. So it doesn't mean that just because we don't preach on murder and stealing and <laughs> carrying on that it's right. It just means, you know, that's, that's really, if that's who you, if, if you can't fix it, you can't tell someone that doesn't know who they are to quit doing bad things. You have to tell them who they are. Amen. You got to, you got to teach people, draw down on who, on the greater one inside of you. And you won't even want to do that. And you'll have power over that. And if you've done it, Rather than be condemned, boy, lots of churches just condemn you. You go in there and they're, uh, they're, they're raining down on you for what you've done. There's no relief. And we're just like, let the past be the past. I remember it. I don't want to go back there again. <laughs> it was, you don't have to remind me. You don't have to threaten me. I, I hated it. Hallelujah. Well, here's a scripture that I've just, I, every Sunday morning, I like, I, I need to leave that alone, but I just keep going back to it. It's in the Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. We'll actually look at it in the King James this morning. You know, we want to encourage one another. We come to church so we can see one another to encourage one another because uh, to get our battle uh, scars healed and, and, uh, and recover from the, pe the mean people out there, that we're called to love into the kingdom and believe for, you know, and they're fighting us. They're fighting us. It says in Colossians 1, uh, 16, it says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, and visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Amen. 
the message translation is where I've been reading it. It says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in Jesus and finds its purpose in him. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus this morning. I want to lift him up and say he's our hope, our only hope, and that the trouble that we're facing is not the trouble we're facing. It's the trouble we're facing is just trying to get us off of looking and, and, and clinging to the Lord Jesus. It's a distraction. It's a smoke. It's a mirror. It's not a true trouble because when we see ourselves and see him as he is, we don't have any troubles. He always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. He gives us the victory. So we're not concentrating on troubles. Be sure in 2017, don't, don't take the bait. The bait is to get wound up with money or with people. People are everywhere. Crazy people. Have y'all seen any crazy people already this year? Just thinking like a, an idiot, like a devil, like they're driving, they're talking, they're just crazy. And you could take the bait and say, I'm going to get mad at all people because they're all crazy. All except me and just a few I know. Hallelujah. Even your family. You can't even give them a pass anymore and say, yeah, my family's good because they're not. They're crazy too. But we, got to, we can't take the bait. We got to, Yes, Lord Jesus. That's just a distraction to get me off of you. Get, get in the way between you and, and victory and uh, peace and uh, Hallelujah. I'll just thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping us this year. We're going to pray tonight for Lawrence Nodine. We're going to meet together at 530 this evening because the church ought to pray when someone's out. You know, he's uh, been through leukemia and whoop that devil. But the, it, he, somehow, some way, I don't even know for sure, but it's come back around again for us, a slap. And uh, Kathleen told me yesterday that uh, his white count is... Uh, not good, and that uh, it's his bone marrow is producing immature cell, cells that don't know whether to divide or don't know whether to grow or whatever. They're just, and so, uh, you know, I don't know everything about that, but I know we ought to call on God together, and we do it for you. And so at 5.30, if you can, we want to just come and gather ourselves together right here, and we're going to spend some time praying for Lawrence. He didn't ask me to. It's just what we ought to do. So, amen? I think we should. Praise God. He's fighting a battle. And you know Lawrence is in good spirits, and you know he's calling the victory. But uh, uh, his count's so high, uh, so low, or whatever. Only Kathleen can go in there into his room now, and they're looking for... Uh, you know, they're looking at the medical options and all of that. But we, we, ha we have an option, and we want, to, we want to release it in his behalf tonight. Because two is better than one. And we've got power in his name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, um, I, I told you last week that carnal Christians, or uh, people that never developed as Christians, probably got saved, this would be my experience, probably got saved, uh, saying yes to heaven instead of saying yes to Jesus. I know that was what was presented to me when I was young. It wasn't, you know, do you want a relationship with Jesus? It was, do you want to miss hell? Because baby, it's hot down there. <laughs> and that's, that's how it was presented. It never was coded another way. It was, 
You know, you have to use Jesus. He's a tool in the cabinet, and you need to, he, you need to put that key in the, in the lock and open the door into heaven. But uh, really, we're just going to heaven. And so I, I've been meditating that because it came on me Sunday morning. I'd never thought about it before, didn't have it written down or anything. And I was thinking about comfortable Christians. And I'm not talking about Christians that are, that are just, we, we, in faith, we ought to be comfortable in one sense. But I'm talking about clueless Christians. <laughs> comfortable in that they don't have a trouble until trouble comes and then they're full of trouble and that, uh, that maybe even charismatic Christians um, say yes to prayer and confession rather than having a relationship with Jesus that they're like okay I got a trouble coming we'll we'll we got folks that can pray and I don't want to disparage what we've said for tonight because we're absolutely looking to the Lord Jesus for prayer in our prayer. But I mean talking about just get out their book, their prayer book, or get out their confession book, which are all good, all right. But if you do it apart from Jesus, you know the results that you won't have. He is the, the key. So I want to make sure that I say it early in the year, that we're looking to the Lord Jesus. And when we look to him, he'll have us confess the truth, and he'll have us pray out the word. Absolutely. But we can't leave him out. You know, uh, you can be married and have a lot of elements in married in marriage and still not have a relationship. But but it looks perfect. You you go down the list of everything that should be in a marriage, but it could be cold and empty. And we 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 know that that that's possible. So we're looking at that. Hallelujah. Um, Colossians chapter three ten. Would you turn there with me? You're right there in Colossians. Let's look over just a little more. Um, I've been meditating on the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and how absolute and how full the kingdom is. Do you know that when you and I got born again, when we chose to, to ask Jesus into our heart, it was not a big deal in America, and therein is the problem. If you say, if you ask Jesus into your life in Pakistan or Iran, and you even somehow get water baptized— you have taken an amazing, life-changing step uh, because, as I just read you these statistics, you are opposed. In America, it's like, well, yeah, I'm American. I, of course I'm a Christian. I, I'm, you know, I got papers. I'm, I got a birth certificate. I was born in Texas, born in Alabama, you know. Well, it, so it's that nonchalant. It's, it's that. But, you know, when we got born again, it was so absolute and so sovereign that immediately, in the twinkling of an eye, it says, which is a, uh, it's, uh, the, the Hebrew people say it's the, the blink of an eye, a tenth of a second, a blink of an eye. You got converted, regenerated, until from, you went from being a lawless rebe rebel into a righteous son and daughter of God. Completely transformed instantly. Nothing like God's working on me. Nothing like this. This is uh, this is turning. It happened in totality. It was an absolute work of God, and yet nothing sparked on the outside, and nothing changed significantly in the physical realm. But we were tr we were transformed. Everything about us. It was uh, it was amazing. But from our side, even though that's total and absolute and sovereign, from our side, it's very, very um, progressive in assimilating that into our life. Because we are three-part beings and we have a soul, 
our mind, will, and emotions has to be on board for that to work. Now, we are going to heaven because that's out of our control when we, we don't choose after we die where we go. That's already settled. So we are immediately taken to that place. But here on earth, you can be totally a failure and yet be born again and be a child of God and yet be, be racked with drugs, with, with uh, just broke and troubles, just as, as bad as any sinner if you don't assimilate. So there's a progression. And we talked about that last week, how um, we spend a lifetime choosing to keep choosing. Once you're born again, you've chosen and it's done. But the, the living by faith is something you got to get up every day and say, okay, here we are, born again boy. We are going to live for Jesus today. And we're going to make choices based on who we are. you got to tell yourself that in some form. Until it just becomes habit, until you just uh, put that in there. Colossians 3.10, if you're there, says, uh, let's read it together. I'm in the King James. Do the best you can. Ready, read. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So it says, put on the new man. So we're instantly born again. It's done. There's nothing to maintain or to have annual checkups or whatever. You're born again. It's just like being born into the world. It's you're, You don't revert to a puppy or a kitten after a year and have to renew your papers. You're, you are a child and now you're a child of God. But this putting on the new man is a choice. Would you all agree? Yeah. And there's forces. There's things in this world, uh, the curses in the world, the devil, and just the ignorance, just the the pattern of our culture that tries to pull us off because uh, the pursuit of pleasure, the pursuit of pleasure is against the pursuit of the kingdom. If you pursue the kingdom, you get the kingdom and pleasure, but if you s- pursue pleasure, you're going to miss the kingdom by a, a hundred miles. So uh, we put on the new man, and it says here it's renewed in knowledge, the knowledge after the image of him that created him. So we have to keep renewing our mind and keep immersing ourselves. It's a process. And we looked at some scriptures uh, where in Isaiah it says, uh, precept upon precept, here a little, there, here a little, there a little. That God doesn't just, he, you're instantly born again, but he works out your salvation and keeps putting people and words and, and situations from you to draw us in to that experience of being one with Him. As He is, so are we. It, it's, a, it's a legal reality, but we have, to, we have to work on some stuff. The Amplified in verse 10 says, Oh, sorry, Barry, didn't get you any scriptures. Hallelujah. The Amplified in Colossians 3.10 says, And have clothed yourself with the new spiritual self. So I'm putting on the new spiritual self. Well, that must mean the old unspiritual self is trying to stick out, trying to come back, trying to say, here I am, don't forget me, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image of the likeness of him who created it. You know, that's the Amplified, the multiple choice version. But uh, the point there is, is that we're clothed 
We're clothing ourselves with our new spiritual being. So we have to look into this mirror and find ourselves. We look in here and it reflects back Jesus to us. If you don't look in the words, you don't know, you don't know who you are. You don't know what you look like. You don't know you're over devils. You don't know you can whip sin. That, that sin is already, you don't know. But you look in here and the kingdom's reflected back to you and you go, whoa, that's who I am. You see yourself from the word. As Jesus is, so am I, because we look in the Word. If you don't look in this, you're all but lost. You may be going to heaven because of something you did, but you have no clue about living days of heaven on earth. Is that right? Amen. The uh, Today's English in that version says, put on the new self. So let's point to ourselves and say that. Put on the new self. So it's a decision. It's a choice. We have to make it all the time. You can't just make it in January 1st and say, well, this year I'm putting on the new self, and that's enough of that. you got to go to church, don't you? Or go somewhere and, and hear the Word. It, it talks about going to sitting under the Word. you gotta, you got to sit under the Word. And uh, you got to pray some things out. It says, put on the new self. This is the new being which God, its creator, is constantly renewing in his own image in order to bring you to the full knowledge of himself. I want to be like him. Not in practice, not just in, in a legal sense, but in practice. Because the devil doesn't move. Situations don't move just because who I am. He moves because when I know who I am. He's a rebel. He's a, he's a renegade. And just because legally he is... He's off limits to us. Doesn't mean he doesn't jump the fence and tear stuff up. That's why we need a junkyard dog. You know what that term means is because people were jumping the fence and stealing parts, but the junkyard dog that was in the junkyard, <laughs> you didn't jump the fence without having a fast ladder back. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus is our, oh, I can't say junkyard dog, but I'm talking about he, he's the one that enforces us on the inside from being worked over. So let me ask you a question. You know, I, we got to provoke one another to love and good works, Hebrews says. How long ago were you, don't answer, how long ago were you and I regenerated and filled with the fullness of God? Was it last year? Not in this room. Ten years ago? Thirty years ago? Fifty years ago? Were we regenerated? Have we been born again, children of God, fifty years? Could that be possible? It could be. And you go, okay, and the lifespan's going to be whatever you want, 80, 90, maybe, maybe more than that. But uh, So we would have to ask, why is there still the old man hanging around like he is? Why, why would anybody that had been born again struggle because the old man's living in the kitchen and going to work with us every day? You know, we're saying... We're slipping with words and slipping with bad behavior and slipping with coarse suggesting or whatever we do that's not who we are and who we want to be, and yet we've been born again 50 years. Well, my excuse or my reason to be to say is because I didn't know about this for a long time, and this was accepted behavior. It's like, well, you're, you're going to heaven, aren't you? Be cool. Everything's okay. There's nothing else to know. No, Jesus is going to get you to heaven. But, you know, there's a long time from getting born again till when you go to heaven. We're hoping anyway. We're, we're believing it's not tomorrow. Uh, so, 
So um, we got to ask ourselves, okay, I'm going to send you as pastor. I'm going to send you. Here's somebody that's come in and they, I got them born again off the street yesterday. And I brought them in. And I said, okay, Joe, come in here. I'm going to put you with one of our members and they're going to disciple you and you do everything they do. You talk like them. You, you go to the places they go. You read your Bible like them. They, you pray like them. You, whatever they're doing, if you want to be a first-class Christian, you do like them. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we'd get a long list of volunteers that said, yeah, give me two or three of them. So this just kind of like, you know, 2017. Would you want somebody to assign you a shadow for this year? And if you're saying, you know, I need, you know, I need to, and we're going we're gonna to play them 16's video. We've been videoing you all the time. We close the door in the bathroom, but, but after that, you know, you, <laughs> you, you got to stand behind the chair when you're dressing. But after that, we, we got you on tape and we know everything about you and me. You might say, Let, let's start over in 17 and I'll do better. How many of y'all would say that'd be good? We're going to start over in 17 and we'll do better. Well, we're still going to fail in 17. But if we knew somebody had been assigned to us to be our shadow, moving in with us, and, and they're going to go to your word time, they're going to go to you with, in prayer, they're going to go with you to go out and disciple or soul winning or prayer or whatever you do, that you'd say, Pastor, 12 months, I'll have you a tough old boot of a Christian. They, you'll be able to send them anywhere. And yeah, buddy, they'll come back and the job will be done. I'm reminded of John G. Lake when he started out in, uh, in Seattle. He literally had 16 DHTs, Divine Healing Technicians, and he would find the names of people that were terminal. And he would tell them, okay, I've trained you. And he did have a training manual. And he said, I want you to go down here to Maple Avenue, 1213 Maple Avenue. Lula Bell's down there, and she's, the doctor said, it's not, it, she's not going to make it. Don't come back, Joe, until she can come with you with a testimony, I've been healed. Some of them didn't ever come back. For a while, I mean. I shouldn't have said ever. It took them a while. It took them a month to come back. But then after they'd come back after a month, he'd say, now I got another one for you. It didn't take very long. I'm telling you, River Church, God's got us on assignment. And I know we look lean, but you know the story. We're lean and mean. <laughs> we're, 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 we're not. It's a little bit of a challenge when people come in and we're, we're raising up disciples here and they don't know anything. They're in saying, you know, I don't, I don't believe in Oral Roberts. I don't believe in, I don't believe in tithing i don't believe in yeah i just you know you sit down with them and you know way too much in just a few minutes and you go wow i i'm fixing to offend you on several fronts i'm fixing to assault your theology in major ways and we're not even going to talk about you or it we're just going to talk about who we are and where we're going and i'm not saying we're out there i'm not saying we're mature or we're advanced or anything but we've certainly taken it up a notch from where i was raised would y'all say? Yeah. 
And things that, are, that you're able to take are not easily taken by many people. Religion does not like what you embrace and even say, I want more of this. Y'all do want more of this, don't you? So, uh, uh, what we know should change who we are. Uh, what does Curry Blake say? I just thought of it. It says, if, uh, if what you know doesn't change who you are, then you're backslid. That's what he says. It's, he says it a lot better, but he said, if what you're doing and having is, is not what you're believing... In Exodus 23, 30, he says, uh, little by little, I'm going to drive the hornets out before you, God told the children of Israel, until thou be increased and inherit the land. So, so the, the point there would be is God wants us to what? Inherit the land. To do that, what's his plan? Lord, how do you want me to inherit the land? I'm going to increase you little by little. Every month, every year, you're going to be stronger tougher, meaner in the sense of tolerant to the devil and the curse, just like we're not having that in this house. We're not having it in my life. We're not having this. We're not ha you, my kids aren't marrying that. My kids aren't going to sleep over with that. My, we're, not going, we're not having that. And you, last year, they go, oh, Mama, you're weirder than last year. Last year, we went on some stuff. Well, little by little, we're inheriting the land. We're, we're growing and increasing, and we're going to we're not putting up with that, and next year it's going to be tighter yet. We just don't know how that's going to look yet. Is that right? And you go, well, this is all, this is a religious cult of some kind. This is some sort of whatever. We just want to win. We just want to, we just want to, until you're winning another way, this is the way to win. Until you're faced with a terminal disease with, with, uh, with, and you, and you go, oh, that's no big deal. How'd that slip in? We'll take care of that. You know, Creflo Dollar, uh, they said he got diagnosed with cancer, and he locked up for a week. Where'd Creflo go? For how long? Five days. Okay. He locked up, just disappeared. Came out, and he was clean. He was clear. Let me tell you, let me, let me tell you, our, our, the church that's over there in Coker right now, they have a, their CFO, their chief financial officer, his wife got cancer, and they're Baptists, bona fide. <laughs> Not even really racy ones, just but good ones, good Baptists. And uh, he said, "Ah, this is what's cool. The Bible says to call the elders of the church. When you're sick, call the elders. So he called them and said, Sunday night I'm bringing whatever her name is, Laura, I think. And I need, I need the elders. They have elders in this Baptist church, and... and so he took her down there to the front of the church, and they, they all found a bottle of oil. Didn't know what to do with it, really, but they, they, they looked in the Bible and said, we're submitting ourselves to God. I just love it. They don't have a lot of knowledge, like maybe we do, but they submitted themselves to God. The Bible says in James, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And he called me and said, she's good. She's healed. And then, so I talked to him uh, right before the new year, and he said, uh, he said, man, I am busy. I'm in court every day. I don't have time to do anything, but I'm taking her for a checkup. Agree with me. And he called me that evening and said, free and clear, no cancer. 
in a Baptist church, just going up there and just taking care of it. And so it's like, well, now how'd these people do this? They don't know come on from Sikkim in the sense of, of, of how this stuff works. They, you know, and they never thought of it until trouble came, which is when most people think of it. And But they just said, let's look in the Bible. And that's key. It's the heart that says, God's got an answer for this. And we'll just do what he says. And Jesus is Lord. And so, family, we just got some things that we, we need to make sure we don't steer off into as we go down this road to win Tuscaloosa for the Lord Jesus. You understand, it's not just us four and no more. It's this city. And I'm not sure exactly how it's going to break out and how it's going to, but it is. And I need you strong. I need you not to be just me strong or River Church strong. I need you to be strong for anybody that I can say. I said, here's somebody terminal that's called in. I, I need to assign them to somebody at River Church. Honey, you'll be okay. I've assigned you to a member of our church, and in 30 days or less, you'll be good, you'll be clear. Now, doesn't that sound powerful? Doesn't that sound like, well, by the next month, we'll be covered up? That's how we are going to roll at River Church. We're not going to do big day and friend day and, 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 and y'all come day. We're going to do signs and wonders. We're going to do who we are is what we have and what we do, and that's how it's going to play. So while everybody else is working up a, you know, a, a list of people that they can, you know, come and have taco night on Tuesday and come on enchilada night Wednesday and come on frito night on Thursday, we're not doing that. We're going to just get the sick healed and cast out devils. We're going to get them delivered. And just let the chips fall. But to do that, I, so, so that it's not a just a pastor church, because God doesn't want just the pastor to have it and everybody else to be support. He wants all of y'all to be as strong or stronger than me. Well, as strong anyway. Y'all say amen. amen. Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. And that's why we're still in this and why we're going to stay in this is because there's an end to this. Um, Matthew 25, 21 says, Jesus said to, the, to the, one of the stewards, he says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. What did he say next? Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make ye master over many things. So that's how the kingdom works. Instantly born again. Boom. I'm, a, I'm, as, I'm as born again as Billy Graham. I got saved this morning, but I'm as born again as Billy Graham was yesterday, and he's 80, 90, 100 years old. He's older than a rock, you know, just as much. Just God can't tell the difference between us. He says, you boys, come on into the kingdom. Uh, Mark chapter 4 says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, which is just speaking of progression. He's saying grow up. He's saying mature. He's saying fish are cut bait. Y'all know what that's? That's an Alabama saying. I really don't know what it means, but I know y'all were supposed to know what it means. It means get on with it. It means quit cutting bait thinking someday we're going to fish. It means take one of the cut bait and go put the hook in the water. You're just talking about fishing. You can go as fast as you want. Blade, ear, full corn in the ear. You can be, an, you can be a blade all your Christian life. Let me just tell you, you, I know these people, 
and they're older than me and got born again when I was three. And they don't know anything except to go down to the church when they get good and ready. And I've argued with their religion, and it's just futile. You just cannot change them unless Holy Ghost comes in and they go, you know, i got to know more about God because what I know isn't getting it. That's who you have to minister to, to the hungry. And this CFO at Harvest Church was hungry. I talked to him. I'm the pastor of a church, and I go into his office and talk to him, and he said, let me pray for you. I've never been into a layman's, you know, preachers, will, you know, they want to pray so that you can hear them pray. But this man wanted to pray because he just said, God, help me help this man somehow. And God answered his prayer when his wife got sick, just said, boom, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. He might not could do it again for somebody else, but he, he was able to pull the trigger that day. So uh, you can be strong or you can be weak. Blade, ear, full corn in the ear. Strong, I'm strong, or ah, I'm not that strong. Uh, you can always need prayer. We've had people in this church, in, not now, but that, that every time somebody said, can we, anybody need prayer? They're like, inventory, inventory. Is there anything that I could go up there for? I think I'll stand in for my cousin Leroy because, you know, whatever. Or you can just say, let me pray for you. I, the power of God will hit you when I lay hands on you and release God's word. You've got to have an attitude about you. This Christianity is an attitude. It is an attitude that says, I hate the devil, and he knows it. When he comes into town, he steers. He takes the loop around me and goes outside of town and, and on down. Because coming through, he meets me, and he, he's had enough of me. You've got to have an attitude. You've got to have a little bite on you that just said... Where people say, you know, I really don't like being around them, but, but when I'm in trouble, I want to... There's those people that, that will argue with you until they have trouble. Then they call you. I say, what well, would you pray for me? You know, they're just assuming you're going to forget all the stuff they, they fussed with you about. Uh, you, can, uh, you can be afraid to die. I know some of those people just petrified about dying. Or you can raise the sick, every, raise the dead. Bless God, I'm looking for somebody. I'm going down to the, to the ICU in case one of them falls over. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all of this stuff in my heart and saying, can I go down there? Can I go down to ICU and just see, you know, and they say, well, this one won't make it. We've called hospice in on this one. Ah, ah, I got one. <laughs> ah, I'm telling you. This Sandra Kennedy, she's, uh, she's in uh, Augusta. Yeah, she's got five healing teams in the hospital there. They, they call her. They call her and say, could you have somebody come up here? We got one. It means that they can't fix it. And they call them up there, and then the team goes up there, and when the team comes out, it's done. It's done. So they got big respect all over town, like, hoo-hoo. I'm not looking for that, but I'm looking for what brings that. That when we pray, something happens. And family, that's what we're going to launch 2017. We are going to be healing, divine healing ministers that when we pray, something happens. No more of this, whatever we've had or whatever we've been through. 
So I'm, I'm preaching this morning, or whatever you call this, to, so you'll cinch up your belt, and it won't be a surprise to you. Like, I didn't know this was coming. Yep, you, you were here this morning. You heard it. Um, Romans 6. L- turn with me to Romans 6. We've got just a minute or two. Or a hundred. Hallelujah. I'm growing up fast. You may be 50 years not growing so fast, but we're fixing to put you on a protein, gospel protein diet that you're going to bulk up. We're going <laughs> to bulk you up. If you're flabby on the inside or weak on the inside or your mind is like, I don't know, I'm afraid. We're fixing to change all of that. And we've been working on it for a long time to just get, get us all in the program. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Point to yourself and say, I'm dead to sin. That's who you are. You are dead to sin. How how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, because we were baptized into his death, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, even so, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also we shall also live with him. Let's see where I'm going. That's that's it right there. Well, you know, right here you see the 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 how it happened. Now, I don't know if you've ever done it. I know you haven't. But I know you'd know the, the deal. If you were to take a, uh, a pea, you come in from the garden, and you got a mess of beans or a mess of peas, and you, you strip open those beans, and you take one of those fresh beans out, and you go, this is a seed. It's just like the package you buy from Ferry Morse down at Anders. You know, just, it's just a little squishier. Why should I pay all that money for that seed down there? Besides, it's all dried up. I'll take this fresh seed and I'll plant it and I'll just bypass that. How many of y'all know that's wrong thinking? That fresh pea is rotting in the ground. Why? Because it has to die. It has to die. It can't be fresh. It has to die before it can be raised up. And the situation we have in the church all over is that we have a lot of Christians trying to operate in resurrection that have never died. We got to die to self. What Eric was talking about, we got to die to ourselves. We got to know who's the owner. Who who purchased me with his price? You know, we we none of us like entitlement. We look out there and we see the whole United States just like, give me more. Give me more. But we got to be careful as a church or mindful, I should say, that we don't say <laughs> I don't have to do anything because by grace am I saved through faith, that not of myself. It's the gift of God. We don't have to do anything, 
because we're born again, we're saved, we're going to heaven by grace. You're the son that can sit on the couch. And daddy says, let's go mow the grass. Nope, I'm a son. I don't have to mow the grass. And that's right. You'll always be a son. But you might be a sorry son. <laughs> we're sons that serve. We're not servants, so we can't be fired or thrown out or, or uh, taken off the, the inheritance uh, list. But we're sons that serve. I'm a son, but I, I don't count that as, a, as an exemption or an excuse. So we got to die. We, we've got to quit living life down here for life's sake and living life from there and letting life bring us life. I said that a while ago about pleasure. If you don't seek pleasure, you seek the Lord. He brings you pleasure that you never could get seeking it. You know, you see the sandals commercials on TV or the, the Bahamas or the Caribbean, all those things that just make it like, you know, if you had any sense and any money at all, this is where you'd be. <laughs> you know, everybody knows this is where everybody wants to be if you got any money at all and any sense and just a week off from work. And we're not discounting that at all. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm just saying you just can't know how many people are living their whole life for that, for pleasure. I'm using that as an example, just the beach, because that's just so fun. Can't wait to go myself. Hadn't been since 09. It's time to go to the beach. But uh, I'm having the blast of my life serving him. And uh, it, it comes from priorities. This is my last, well, it's not my last scripture, but it could be. I'm going to ask you this morning a question. The Lord spoke it to my heart. He said, do not require an unreasonable witness to your calling and service. I've been talking about tempting Christ. The Word talks about tempting Christ. Do not require an unreasonable witness to your calling and service. In other words, some people are not going to serve God or know that they're called of God until there's some dramatic, traumatic experience. In other words, you'll hear them say after the house burned down and they barely got out, they'll say, well, God must have a reason for me yet. He, God must not be through with me yet. Duh, did the house have to almost burn down with you in it to figure that out? Really? That's, that's the conclusion you got from, from the car coming and slicing everything and, and all around you is total wreck and somehow they pull you out and you survive and you go, I guess God's not through with me. You weren't doing anything before the wreck that he would say, I need you here. So he said, do not require an unreasonable witness to your calling and service. We're sons that serve. We don't have to have some big burn inside of us to say, you know, I just feel led to come down there and sweep the church or paint the building or to go witnessing. We don't have to have an unreasonable witness. We don't have to have a scratching on the wall. That says, if you don't get to it, I'm taking you. Oh, I believe I'll get busy, Lord. Or requiring something that says, if he wants me, he knows where I'm at. And he can come calling. That's the kingdom. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is, is you're bought with a price. And when you read the Bible, you, are, you reflect, I'm a son who serves. Jesus was a son who served. Am I right? He was the son of God. He could have sat on. He could have sat down and, and said, another olive, please. He served. We serve. And here's the scripture he gave me, Luke 16, 30. 
it's the story about the man that died and he uh, was in hell. It's one of the few pictures of hell that we have. And he was there and he's having a conversation with God about Abraham, who Lazarus, who he pretty much disdained when they were alive, is in the bosom of, of, of Abraham. And, and so the man's debating with God here and he says, uh, uh, God, if, if one went unto my brothers from the dead, they will repent. Remember that story? He said, God's, uh, my brothers are going to be here with me, and I'm in such torment. Send one from the dead that they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise, rose from the dead. Your calling is not going to get somebody from the dead that says, it's really good over there in heaven, and, uh, and God's really going to be a rewarder. And uh, your gift is really big. I can see it from over there. And uh, the calling is really big. And that if you'll, it's not going to happen. You got to get it out of here. As he is, so am I. And you got to get it in here that says, there's a fire burning in my bones and I'm not going to put it out. I'm not going to quench it with pleasure and with, with uh, loose living or, or casual living, I should say, not loose. Just like living my life, I wrote. I said this last Sunday. Um, we had a we had a word come from uh, a prayer time, uh, soaking prayer, and uh, they said I saw an image of people that seemed to be River Church, the whole church a River Church. But I got from context to reading this word over and over that it had to be River Church. It seemed to be River Church in what looked like a subway car or tram, and they were holding on. Colin and Chris are in New York this week. They were supposed to come home yesterday, but uh, a little storm came through. <laughs> so they've extended their vacation, their little stay, and uh, they've been on the, the subway, the underground or whatever you call it. And Debbie and I looked at that and said, we're not going down underground and getting on one of those things. <laughs> but in this prophecy, I digress, that they were holding on. So y'all have all seen them holding on in a subway. We've watched movies. Because the train was accelerating so fast, I was among those holding on. And I heard the words, rapid acceleration. Let's say it, rapid acceleration. And I felt it was a word for 2017. Well, um, the Old Testament in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 2020, it says, uh, Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. You know what the next part is? Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Well, I'm not saying this person was a prophet, but you don't have to be a prophet. That was an Old Testament. Now we're in the New Testament. Believers can all be prophets in the sense of prophesying the word of the Lord. We don't have to have a special unction from heaven. It's all operating through us. Now there's the gift of prophet that's beyond that. But do you all know that we all can prophesy? The Bible says to prophesy. All of us to prophesy. Seek that you may prophesy. Well, I believe this word. It's not self-serving. It's not something we've been hoping for. It doesn't speak to something that's outside of what we were doing. It says uh, rapid acceleration. We better be ready. We better have something to hold on to. Now, I could be wrong. I could be up here just blowing away and saying, you know, I ticked off a sermon for 2017. But I must tell y'all, I believe that God's going to use River Church this year. 
I believe he's going to use you because you are River Church. You are. You're the one. And you go, well, God, you're going to use them over there, Bethel Church. He is. And you're going to use David Hogan down in Mexico. He is. And you're going to use somebody else. But if you read the testimony of all these places that God's using, let me tell you, if you go back and look at their history, they were all started out just like this. Despise not small beginning. They all started out like, nah, well, we're not even looking to, we're just looking to get to the end of the month or the end of the year or whatever. And God said, you know, I like that. I like that, that y'all are just burning for me and you don't really have to have a, you don't have a disappointment. You're not ashamed. You're just like, this is fine. Go God. I can use that. I believe I will. I just think he's going to. Not because of me, but because of words like this. I heard the words rapid acceleration. And I felt like it was a word for 17. Okay, my last two scriptures are this. In this confidence, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold on to hope that we profess without the slightest hesitation, for he is utterly dependable. For he is utterly dependable. For he is utterly dependable. Get that down in your heart, y'all. It'll. This is going to carry you a long time. If you just stop your life and say, Troubles everywhere. It looks pretty bad out there. Looks pretty daunting out there. But he is utterly dependable. He is utterly. Utterly means to the furthest degree. That's what utterly means. Dependable means you can count on him. He is utterly dependable. He'll keep his word. And my other scripture was Second uh, Corinthians twelve one, where we've been saying this scripture: "I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord." We're going to point to ourselves and say it. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I hope you wrote that down somewhere. And every day you get up and say, you know, it's just little old me and little old, you know, who I am. But I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I will. I will. Don't claim to be a prophet. Don't have a TV ministry. Don't have a traveling uh, itinerary. D just working through the Bible. Just, just believe in God. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. That's who you are. And if you discount that and say, but I'm not this and I'm not that, you will never be that. We don't even care if we're that. We don't even care if we're important or have something to say. We just want to be what the Bible says at the right place at the right time. Use me, Lord. I'm on your itinerary and I'm on your map. Your timing, your place. Just don't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, you're important. I wrote down last week that, uh, uh, that there would be power ministries. Where did that come from? that we would have access to rooms of glory. You ought to heard Steve Sampson when he was here, December 11th. You ought to heard with the ear of the Spirit. He was so casual and no nonchalant, which he always is. He doesn't come in and, you know, you see a little cloud behind him and he stops everything and says, now God. He doesn't do anything. He's just joking and yucking it up and, you know, just everything. You could miss the whole thing in that. He, he spoke to us like as a God, as a, as a man from heaven. It was amazing what he said. He came on a mission. Uh, access to rooms of glory. 
and free from all that limits. I want to be free from all that limits. I still got a few things in my life, <laughs> a few, <laughs> that have got breaks. And it seems like, you know, every time I get free of one thing, something else pops up. But you know, that's how the kingdom is. You, you, he, doesn't, he doesn't let it overwhelm you or overtake you with more than you're able to bear. You, you, you get the victory over this, and it's not like, well, something else popped up. Well, it was already there. It was always there. But when you whip this, then he let, now you got strength to go over there and take care of this. And before long, you inherit the land. I want to inherit my land. Hallelujah. Whatever he's called us to do together. Amen. So, whew, Jesus is king in 2017. Hallelujah. Amen. Does anybody have something to say? Anybody got unction, utterance? Well, let's just, for a minute, we got three minutes. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Nobody cares and everybody's glad. Sila bara su de beso tira baso kere zu de be. Gila bahara bungia tabu. We're praying out the plan for 17. Giaga lebehe so de bahesiaga la bahasia tu se. Gimananda bude su te de bu siata bahai. E giato zambogaso tebo sia pute. Zivrede bu sedida bahana moon ziaga lavai. Egere busadida behene munzi agalavaha diabude uvratavara zude brete bude sude bu suda brana manda zude busi atabahada ere busi atabahada busadi shamengalabahe sode brede busadi shenindo zida brede busadida bahanda Jide bro shigere bu sadida bahana moon zadida bahatai. Zura bru tebere bu sadida bahandai. Zibregere bu sadara bru shedere bu galahai. Noon amandai bude ge soti prega de bihisi. Shida brehere bu sadai. Praise God. Ha la ha 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 see too. I saw these mantles. I don't even know what that is exactly. These anointings, these giftings, these callings. I saw them just kind of, they're hovering in the room, like waiting to be received, like, like, like coats in a store that, that are just there, and they open the store, and somebody comes in and says, oh, this is the coat I want, and they take it off the rack and put it on. And I saw this morning... These, these coats or these mantles, these giftings, these graces, I saw them coming on us all over this room. A new empowerment, a new grace, a new enabling for you to match your heart, to match your, the desire in your life, the, the willingness to say yes to God. Does anybody have a witness of receiving something like that this morning? Can you you have a sense about something coming on even today? Hallelujah. Everybody's shaking their head, yes. So, Lord, we thank you for your graces. No, Lord, we, we, we say precious. We say worth. We say valuable. We say something we should guard. Like, a, like you said in the Word, that a man finds a treasure in a field, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. 
Lord, we sell out to whatever you've got for us the best we can today. Lord, it may be more next year, next week, but today we say yes. I say yes, Lord. I say yes to you. I say yes to whatever you've got and yes to the call and yes to my life being bought with a price. Anyone else this morning have something that they got? You know, you don't have to pray for hours. You can, but sometimes God will just drop it in. Melissa, do you have something? I receive that. That's from heaven. That's God. Thank you, Lord. You know, we'll have and we'll be what we see ourselves being in Him. So I just extend my hand, Lord, as a, as a prophetic act, just extend my hand into this Word, into the portal, of, into the, the gate of heaven, the door of heaven, and all that's full and whole, and, and, and I pull it into my need and my life here on earth. Thank you, Lord, for supply. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Anyone else? It's always good to speak it out under the atmosphere that comes in for this. Anyone else? Don't make it up. If you really got it, well, you know, we want to hear it. Well, praise God. Jesus is king. And the more we make him the Lord of our life, the more he'll trust us with and give us to go. The more we'll grow and, and more opportunity. There's so much more. I'll tell you, there's more out there than, more, than we've already had. You know, I've been dabbling in the king's kingdom of God since I was eight or so. And so that's been 55 or so years. And nothing's really happened until recently you know the last few years and even now so thank you lord well we give you praise lord we give you praise we give you glory lord you're everything you're the whole thing in our life and we are excited about what you're going to show us and bring us to for such a time as this amen amen well we love you 5:30 tonight we're going to pray for lawrence we're just going to come in here and pray.